Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. It's the subterranean tunnel of shipwrecks. Gravity exists along a plane, so everything above gets pulled downward and everything below gets pulled upward. Marco, you jump off, cross this threshold, and now you are bouncing across the gravity plane. The tunnel opens up into a massive cavern, a gigantic galleon. Oh, so this is your ship. It's policy aboard the ship that anyone with spellcasting ability be familiar with how to operate the spelljamming helm. You want me to fly the ship? Ravnus, if you like, I can have Roxana show you the ropes in case you ever need to help our gunners out. Whatever you need, Captain. And where do you think you're going? Now you hold that side of the rope. Now can you tie it over there? I can't have a hammock that's a little lax. There are lots of roles in this crew, but what we don't have is layabouts. Actually, I think there's a task that uh, would be right suited for you. He's fetched the compass for the captain yet. Okay, so this is a fetch quest now. The captain doesn't need the compass. We're in space. Oh, shit. I just got hazed, didn't I? You guys are standing on the deck of the Voidfarer. You see Riley and Edgar are on the deck of the ship. Edgar's wide-eyed, taking everything in. Same kid. (laughs) Yeah, Marco has the exact same expression that Edgar has. Yeah, it's the very childlike wonder. And when you guys are done with your stuff, Riley and Edgar will come back over to you. And Edgar's just running up to you, Marco. This place is so cool! You're right, it is so cool! What have you been up to? Riley won't let me go explore anything. Oh, don't worry. We'll do plenty of exploring later. I give Riley a wink. (laughs) She says, well, we can explore later, but Edgar, you can't get into trouble yet. We don't know if there's anything dangerous on board. We don't know anybody here. Uh, your sister does have a point there. Maybe we should, uh... At least relax just a little bit so we don't like disturb the apple cart, so to speak. Actually, at that moment, Val reemerges, and in tow, accompanying her is a young adult dwarf. He has short brown hair, and he doesn't really have a full beard. It's thick mutton chops that come together and like a wispy beard on his chin. He's following in her wake, and when he sees you guys, he does that nervous like smile and nod. And Val goes, ah, there you are. And good, Riley, Edgar, you guys are both here as well. This is Kensley Duskford. She's one of the deckhand cabin hands aboard the ship. And I wanted to introduce Riley and Edgar to him, and maybe he can introduce them to the rest of the deckhands. Actually, some are your age, Riley. And Riley looks a little nervous and she looks at you, Marco, for confirmation if, like, that's okay. You can definitely see she seems a little apprehensive. Hey, listen, we'll meet up later, okay? You all go. Have a good time. Um, if you need anything, just let me know, okay? All right. It's gonna be okay. If they were gonna do something unseemly, they would have done it already. (laughs) (laughs) Riley chuckles and she goes, All right, well, if you're wrong, 
I will blame you. That's fair, but I think that we're okay. She turns back to Val and to Kinsley, who says, Oh, it's a it's a pleasure to meet you. Um you you'll fit around here just fine. And he'll lead Riley and Edgar off. Val, um, if you don't mind me asking, A, how many people are on this ship? And B, you have kids on a ship that <laughs> might do some very, you know, dangerous lines of work. Val laughs and she goes, Huh, well, we had about 30 or so, and to be fair, the number of kids I have on this ship doubled, thanks to you. Oh, well, um, you're welcome. She she chuckles. And it's not that bad. We can always use cabin hands and deck hands. We try to stay out of trouble the best we can. The ship isn't in any more danger than any other ship in wild space, in any sphere you go to. Well, fair enough then. Okay. Sorry, I'm just a little curious, you know? I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> know what any of this is about. I've gotten that impression about you, and it's quite all right. Well, get comfortable. If you feel like helping out, you can always ask around, see if there's anything to do, but we should be arriving at our destination in a couple hours. After Val kind of leaves, Marco kind of turns to Luckbeak and Ravnus. Um, listen, I know that I can be a little bit more, uh, get carried away. Uh, what do you all think about this place? I mean... <sighs> One ship's as good as another if we're getting out of here. I mean, it, it seems like the work isn't that hard, and, uh, and, and, and hey, fame and fortune await. Uh, I don't know. What, what else are you looking for? I mean, for me, this is pretty perfect. This is as good of an opportunity as any to gather resources. Listen, I'm, I think so too, but you know, um, I can get carried away with something, so sometimes maybe my judgment's never uh, the best. No, I, I think your judgment is spot on. I, I think the only black stain might be the people on this ship. Not you two, of course, but uh, boy, did you guys, I mean, the hazing we all three went, went through, you guys went through the hazing process? Uh, I... Flew the ship, and I've been sitting out here since then. Oh, they made you captain immediately. Yeah, okay, sure. That checks out. <laughs> Did they make you kill anyone? I don't understand hazing. Oh, hazing, hazing is when you you kind of have to go through embarrassing things and get made fun of a little bit when you're with a new group. Um, well, I can't say that that happened to me. I like I flew the ship, and uh, wouldn't say I'm captain or anything, but uh, it was fun. No, yeah, okay, sure. Well, what did you do, Ravnus? I went down and looked at the cannons. Uh, there was a woman down there very upset to have a pirate of Gith on the ship, but mm. I, I'm i still here, so I assumed that we all passed our hazing. Uh, yeah, so you looked at a cannon. I bet you they let, they let you shoot it? I loaded it. They asked if I wanted to shoot it, but I thought it would be better to learn how oh, to load. Oh, sure, a little show and tell. That's adorable. Y you well did collectively <laughs> fire the cannon. <laughs> So, yeah. Sounds like we all had a very good time. Now, <laughs> uh, what what happened with you? Yeah, I um, you know what? I have to go to the little penguins' room. Hang on one second. Uh, I'm going to march off and try to find uh, Meryl and Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marco just looks at Ravness and is just like, "Do you do, do you know what's going on?" No, but like I said, he must have passed. No ship would let someone who couldn't hold their own stay on the ship. I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know what he's so upset about. <laughs> so, Luckbeak, you kind of look around for a little bit and you see there's a couple riggers up in the rigging near the aft of the ship. And you know that Melinda and Meryl were both riggers. Uh, you can't see from this distance exactly who they are but you head up that way okay and when you do get up there you don't see Marilyn and melinda but you do see two other figures 
one appears to be a tiefling and he's up in the rigging fastening and belaying some lines and there's another figure who looks at you curiously when you approach and kind of cocks his head but it's a kinku a crow person i'll say uh hey have you, uh, either of you ever seen uh, have you seen lately uh uh m&ms the kinku kind of cocks his head slightly at you. The The tiefling is a little bit further up, and he doesn't seem to acknowledge you right away. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, bird respect bird. The two little guys, you seen them? Two little guys? <laughs> <laughs> says, says back at you and kind of cocks his head slightly. Uh, oh, what's, your, what's your name, little guy? What's the scuttlebutt? It says in a voice that you weren't expecting to come out of this thing. <laughs> your name is Scuttlebutt? Nods his beak. That's that is a delight. Do people call you butt? He cocks his head sideways and doesn't. All right, never mind. You know what? That's fine. I don't know if I'm really gonna get anywhere with you, but it is a delight to meet you. I'll just look for these two again later. Later, he said, <laughs> and in nods. Uh, heading back down to the the. Sure. Uh, yeah. So you guys travel for a little bit longer. It's kind of hard to gauge the speed in which you're moving because you can't feel the forces acting on the ship. And when you're out in the middle of the void like this, you just see the stars way out in the distance. The two pinpricks of the dual suns of the system off the bow slightly, but there's nothing around as a reference point. It doesn't feel like you're moving at all. Several hours pass. Eventually, Val will come find you all. We should be arriving soon. I will accompany you along with Brohane and Scriv. Me, which one was Brohane and Scriv again? Scriv was the forged. He's the chronicler of the ship that you spoke to shortly after you arrived. And I don't know if you've met Brohane yet. I think he's been down in his workshop all day. Yes, uh, I just haven't had a chance to meet many people. You can see some like faint, almost white glints of objects off the front of the ship. And as you get a little bit closer, you can see that there's like a cascade of mist coming off in one direction, almost towards you guys. Um, what What is that? That is the asteroid field that this salvage operation is located. Oh, um, well, okay then. Is it dangerous? It shouldn't be. At least the scout that we spoke to didn't indicate that there were any sort of dangers. There are always hazards in wild space, though, so... It'll be best to be on our guard, but I'm not expecting any trouble. Good to know. Good to know. At the very least, we know that there won't be any other interested parties arriving here just yet. Interested parties? Other people trying to scavenge? Yes, I imagine the Salvagers Guild eventually did get word of this salvage, but we definitely have a head start. Now, now, how often do y'all sort of run into them? More often than I'd like, but I think the precautions are made this time around that it shouldn't be a problem. Just out of curiosity, is it is it a fight, or, or do you just back off, or...? It depends. The Salvagers Guild has members of all sorts and of all dispositions, so if you get one or another in a particularly bad mood, or one with a penchant for escalating into violence, then you could run into some problems. Others are a bit more amenable, but you never know. It's best to avoid, you know, the salvagers at all costs just to be safe. Oh, all right. Just just curious. Well, um, I'm sure everything will work out just fine. That's the hope. Yeah, so she begins making additional preparations as you guys continue to advance on these objects floating in space. And as you get closer, you see that it is hundreds of white 
and gray and brown frozen asteroids. And it appears that they're beginning to melt and thaw. You imagine that this particular field is probably getting a little bit closer in its current trajectory to the suns. And as it's beginning to break apart, there's this trail of vapor and matter kind of coming off of the field, almost like a comet tail. And you get closer and closer and you see that these rocks are tightly packed together, so much so that you're not sure how you could possibly get the ship into this field. Oh, yeah. oh we're slowing down soon, right? Yes, we're probably going to have to leave the Voidfarer on the edge, but we'll take the Blackfin <sighs> in. All right. What's the Blackfin? Oh, it's the Remora ship that we have. It's attached to the underside of the Voidfarer. It's a smaller ship that we can use to shuttle crew and cargo to places that the Voidfarer can't go. Good to know. Good to know. All right, then. Well, I'm ready. Yes, I will take you down there. Uh, Brohan will meet us down there. And she kind of shouts across the deck, looking over your shoulder. She goes, Scriv, you'll be accompanying us. If we find salvage, we'll need you to chronicle it. And you see the forge that you spoke to earlier kind of perk up and walk over and goes, yes, Captain. Hi, Scriv. Hello, Marco Storio. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? I was working on some of my poetry. You write poetry? Yes. I am fascinated with poetry and have dabbled in writing my own. I would be delighted to hear AI creating poetry. Same. <laughs> uh, certainly. And he opens his notebook. Here's one that I wrote just earlier during this voyage. By the gods, forged kind dwells on wizardly foes. Oh, how eternity shines like the delight of virtuous adventure. And then he kind of looks at you expectantly and goes, Did this poem elicit any sort of emotional reaction? Uh. Ravenous looks at Marco and she says, Was that good poetry? <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it, yes, very much. It was a little short. A little short, but, uh... Yes, oh, I specialize in short-form poetry. Oh, it oh, I see. It was good, but it, it wasn't poetry. How would you define poetry? <laughs> Come on, I mean, it didn't rhyme. <laughs> I mean... I was under the impression that poems did not have to rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that's the last resort of the bad poet. You gotta rhyme a poem. Otherwise, it's just words. I'm a little bit less doctarian than my good Doar friend here. Mm. Um... Well, I am sorry to say that I don't believe any of my poems rhyme. What? <laughs> All right. So you like to write little short stories. That's, that's nice. I think that's great. But I could show you another one if you'd like. Sure. I'll punch it up after you're done. Here we go. <laughs> Avast. The children of Sybaris dwells on studious adventure. Might not eternity desire well-deserved glory? And he kind of looks back up. Did that poem elicit an emotional response? I liked it. That one actually worked for me quite well. Very good. I will put a star next to that one in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about uh, adventure is nice, adventure is fun, but you know that when the adventure is done, I sure better get some adventure in sun. No, hold on. It's got to have glory at the end, huh? This is a strange poem. <sighs> All right, well, listen. I mean, I'm just top of the dome in this. I mean, but but I, I mean, it's good. It's good. It's good. I didn't like yours as much as his. <laughs> what? All right, Ravnus. <laughs> you also didn't know if it was good poetry until you asked Marco. 
And Marco said it was. Marco, did you think that that was good poetry? Marco yes, so, yes, I did. Oh, hell yeah. The first one needed a little workshopping, but the second one really evoked the feeling of adventure. Oh, shit. What about luck beaks? That one, um, it certainly <laughs> rhymed. <laughs> gotcha. He didn't like that one, so it's not good poetry. All right, well, <laughs> I'll do better. Let's, we should have a poetry off next time. You know, we've been traveling for five hours. <laughs> And you just decide now that you're going to exchange poems with Scriv. Um, we can do this when we get back, because we are on a very tight schedule. Right. Oh, of course. Sorry. Uh, I got a little carried away. It's all right. Follow me. I'll take you down to the Blackfin. She's going to lead you down the steps from the main deck to the gun deck. That's where you learned how to use the cannons, Ravness. And then she's actually going to wrap around and continue down another deck uh, that appears to be a general like cargo deck. Turning around from that set of stairs, she actually goes to what it looks like a five-foot square hatch in the floor, and you see that there is cargo netting wrapped over the edge of the square hole in the floor. Uh, careful, this one's a baffle hatch, and she just kind of almost dives headfirst into it, and you can actually see that she lands upside down on the ceiling of the deck below, as if the gravity switches when you pass below this deck. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> you get the impression that you could attempt to do what she did, where you just kind of dive in and land on your feet on the other side, but the cargo netting there is so you can crawl your way through the hatch without, you know, landing on your head. Oh, thank the God. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that that's what Scriv does. He just gets down on his hands and knees and grabs the cargo netting and pulls himself through the hatch and back up the other side. Um, yeah, Marco is right behind Scriv, like, let yeah. me hold on to this netting and slowly <laughs> lower myself down so I don't end up looking like a corkscrew in water. Yeah, and it is that weird sensation you felt earlier on Nadir Anchorage where as your head passes the gravity plane, you feel like the blood in your blood vessels get pulled two separate directions for an instant. But using the cargo netting, you can do it. That's not hard. You guys all go through? Yeah. Yep. You find yourself what looks like another cargo deck. It's weird, though, because the ceiling of this deck is actually the hull where it comes together to the keel of the ship. You see... The bottom of another ship nestled into a dock carved into the bottom of the void fair. And there's a ladder coming down from a hatch out of the bottom of that. And Val will lead you to that ladder. Marco has that great feeling of like terrified adventure happiness. If that makes sense. <laughs> it's lots of emotions all at once. <laughs> a lot of emotions. And they all just kind of congeal together into like nervously running forward. There's a picture of Marco and it's just happiness noises. <laughs> it, he is a happy puppy. <laughs> right. Yeah, you climb up and there's a hatch and you climb what it looks like an enclosed crew deck of a smaller ship. And there are a hallway to the one side, which looks like it is the fore of this small ship. And there's some stairs that descend into a smaller room and you can see the helm. To the opposite direction is a door, and through that, you can see there are cargo doors off the back that are open to space because oh. there is a mechanical spider pulling itself into the cargo hold of this small ship. And on the back, you see there is a burly dwarf with reddish-brown hair and a big reddish-brown beard, and he has goggles on, and he's kind of sitting in a seat that is on the back of this mechanical spider. Uh, 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 do we, do we know this guy? Luckbeak, you do recognize this dwarf because this is the dwarf you met down below. He was oh, working on yeah. this mechanical spider in the workshop. Sure, sure. Okay. 
and the spider crawls into place and settles back down and it seems to be a little bit autonomous like he lets go of the controls and begins getting out of the harness that he's strapped into and the spider kind of twitches slightly and lowers itself down to let him off and he hops down and pulls the uh goggles up off of his face and turns to close the cargo bay doors ah brohane i see that you got an era all loaded up i all ready to go here shortly now what is that era that's era that's a construct of my creation uh she helps me repair the ship and also very useful in the recovery and loading of salvage it looks pretty damn cool too what what is it does it stand for something uh no it's just a pretty name oh okay of course But why a spider? Well, they have lots of legs, they're super stable, and Ira here can walk on any surface, which is super handy for crawling around the outside of the ship to make repairs. Huh. All right, all right, all right, I'm feeling it. And you see, as as you're talking about it, like, the spider perks up, and you hear, like, clicking and whirring noises of its, like, mechanisms, and you see that it has two pincers on the front, and there's green vials attached to the mechanisms of its face, and it clicks the pincers, and it looks like it's looking in your direction as you talk about it. Um, is is it alive? Uh, in the matter of speaking. Then that's a soft yes. (laughs) Yes, uh, a soft yes. As you put it, you, you created. Uh, she's a definitely f- imbued with magic. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a okay, okay. So like Marco is now just like he stops like talking and sits down and starts like drawing the spider and writing in his notebook. Yes, uh, it's uh, primarily built on uh, alchemical knowledge, uh, the combination of uh, various uh, tinkering trades with imbuing the chemical magical energy into this creature to give it. Um, a semblance of life. Give it semblance of life. Yes, good. Um, I'm Brohane, by the way. I don't think I've met ya. Oh, um, I, I'm Marco. I'm Marco. It's a pleasure to meet you. He extends pleasure a hand. Mine. Brohane Windhelm. And he, he kind of shakes it. Uh, and he has like a big meaty dwarf hand that kind of like wraps all the way around yours, uh, despite his, his short stature. And uh, I met uh, Luckbeak, was it, right? Met we have. Yes, indeed. Luckbeak. Yeah, I met you already. I don't think I've met you. And he turns to you, Ravness. And uh, she says, Ravness. Well, pleasure to meet you. I'm Brohane. I'm the bosun aboard the Voidfarer. They'll be accompanying you on this salvage job. And your spider. And Ira, yes. (laughs) You just say it with such reverence like it's your your child. I mean, do you you sort of think of it as a kid? Uh, It's complicated. Sure. You created life. That's beautiful. I did work very hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's alive and you just tell it what to do all the time? No, uh, in fact, I'd like to think that she's quite happy to help. Um, what's the pincers on the front there? Is that is that a weapon? Well, she does have the ability to defend herself and me, should the situation demand it. Excellent, great, fantastic. So it also has defensive capabilities on top of that. Oh, wow, this is fantastic. I'd, I have to know, I have to know... I'll compare notes with you later. We have a job to do. I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, he he seems to be super satisfied that you are getting as much of a kick out of this as you are. And the pincers have acid in them. Alchemical acid. Chemical acid. Fascinating. 
Um, yes, the alchemical engine that gives it life generates the acid and the tar that it uses to stick to surfaces. Uh, we can talk about it later. But yes, you're right. We have a job to do. Marco puts away the book and is just like, yes, yes, we will have to because I have to know how it's able to generate the, the tar, the acid. You know what? Never mind. We, we have a job to do. I'm so sorry. Right. Well, I'm going to take a seat on the helm. Um, you're more than welcome to join me up there or you can sit tight for the ride. Dealer's choice. And he starts walking down the stairs from the crew deck down to the helm room. Um, I must ask an important question again. Are we in an area that is combustible? No. Okay. Good to know. No, you're, you're not in the phlogiston. The phlogiston just exists outside of the solar system, like between solar systems. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So yeah, he goes down to the helm room, and it appears to be that the, the room is enclosed, but there is openings all the way around so you can see out the front. And while you haven't seen the full ship, you do get the impression that it is shaped kind of like a sleek shark or fish. So yeah, Marco's drawing and taking more notes. And Val will follow Brohane down. Um, For the time being, I will kind of stay in the back and just keep taking notes. I'd like, okay. I'd like to take a look, yeah. Cool. Brohan will go take a seat, and it's another, like, simple throne. It's a little bit smaller than the one you've seen, Marco. And after he takes a seat, you see, like, basically into the hall of the Voidfarer. And then there's, like, a slight lurch, and you slowly drift upward, upward to your perspective, away from the Voidfarer. And you see that there's a large opening where the ship seems to fit right in to the underside of the hall of the Voidfarer. You see the Voidfarer grow smaller and smaller, and it is a little disorienting because it does look upside down from where you're at. Brohane will turn the ship around and slowly roll it over. You see all of these frozen asteroids all around you, kind of dangerously close together in some places, but this smaller ship doesn't have any problem navigating between them. And as you guys fly, it's interesting watching these frozen chunks uh, float through the air and you see the streams of frozen steam and dust and particles blow off of it like a comet tail. And you see that there's a larger asteroid kind of floating in the middle and Brohan goes, ah, that matches the description right there. And he begins navigating towards it. So is that where we're going? Sure is. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, y'all been on these uh, these asteroids before? I mean, I mean something like it. Are there living creatures on here? Is is there anything uh you know uh, uh any anything dangerous or? Val will say we haven't been to this one particularly. It's uh, a new cluster that seems to have come from the uh, further out in the crystal sphere. I think that's part of the reason why this particular ship hasn't been touched. But uh, we have been to similar asteroid fields in the system before. Most of them are pretty desolate, but there are occasionally creatures to worry about. But nothing too terribly bad. More often than not, um, we just find asteroid jumpers. Which are? They are small rats that inhabit asteroids. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. They have the distinct and uncanny ability to teleport to other asteroids or to planets or to even passing ships. They're more of a nuisance than anything else. All right. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Um, I just, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm good at talking, but I'm not great at fighting, so I'm just nervous. I mean, I, all right, we're good. Let's just go. All right, I'm in. You guys continue to fly towards this larger asteroid, and uh, there's something little odd you guys kind of feel like an uneasiness fall over you guys this weird like prickling on the back of your neck almost like you're being watched but there's obviously no one around that would be watching you it's it's hard to place it's 
you, you kind of chalk it up to just the disorienting nature of the surroundings around you, just being in a completely unfamiliar environment. You know, it's nothing. I guess I'm going to rub the back of my neck and just kind of like look around, uh, I guess, just to make sure that nothing's about to jump out and get me. Yeah, you don't see anything. <laughs> well, I guess it's nothing. No big deal. Sure, the DM didn't bring it up for a reason. <laughs> Would I do that? <laughs> so, as you approach this larger asteroid, you can see that there is like a flat outcropping near what looks like a large cave entrance. And Brohane says, uh, "That looks like uh, that looks like the place to land." And he'll start bringing it down. And Val is going to turn to you guys and goes, "It's customary for the." New salvage scouts to go in on their own. We'll be out here. It'll be fine if you need us. Um, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> you just go in, check the current situation, grab anything that you can grab and bring it back out. And then we'll assess and go back in for more or figure out how to get the larger stuff from there. Is this more hazing? It's not hazing, <laughs> but I am interested to see how you handle yourselves. Hmm. Yeah. Marco didn't listen to that part. He's already uh he he's he's already by the door. <laughs> all right, open the door. Open the door. Open the door. Where are we going? What's the like, hold up? <laughs> it's customary you all go in first or by yourselves and Marco's just like, "Yeah, okay, come on." Totally. Gotcha. Let's do this. Yeah, I will roll my eyes and uh and also kind of cue at the door. Yep. Ravnus goes over to the door. Val will open. It's like the back cargo hatch that Brohane brought in Ira with. And so you kind of go past Ira. Uh, it kind of shifts its weight, clicking and whirring a little bit. And you walk right by. Val will open the large wooden hatch doors on the back of the ship. Okay, let's head out. Uh, you step out and it is a little cold. It's not super uncomfortable, but it, it's definitely chilly. Um, you definitely see why these frozen asteroids are beginning to melt and break apart because the temperature just isn't that cold out here. Definitely not as cold as wherever these asteroids came from originally. But there is like a soft crunch to the ground as you step out the frozen soil and ice beneath your feet. And there's just this large cave opening before you. Uh, I do uh, chat with Ravnus on the way in and I say, uh, you are, you know, you're 100% correct. They wouldn't send us in here unless they were 100% sure that it was safe. So in here is some sort of, I don't know fart machine or something that's just going to be embarrassing for us. Uh, and then, you know, they're going to have a good laugh. And I mean, they wouldn't send us into someplace unsafe, right? Uh, Marco is already walking forward. Yeah, I figured you weren't part of the covers. <laughs> I figured you would be way <laughs> off. Why wouldn't they send us into somewhere safe? We're trying to prove our worth, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, what do you just recruit three new people who you know, formed a bond with two children on the ship and then send them to their possible deaths. No, I mean, they got to know that this is safe. I agree with you. Maybe it's a surprise party. Maybe this is what they do to kind of welcome people on their way in. And they set up like banners and streamers in here already. And you know what I mean? I was hardly hatched by the time I joined my first ship. Boy, every conversation with you is just a joy, Ravnus. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and catch <laughs> up with Marco a little bit. And uh, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I don't think it's a joy, but you can go talk to Marco if you want. <laughs> I amble forward. <laughs> <laughs> Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! 
the tunnel, as you enter it, the walls seem to be mostly ice. Occasionally you see rock protruding. But the one thing that strikes you is it looks like this passage seems to be in the process of melting and deteriorating slightly. Like there looks like large sections of the wall have melted and crumbled away very recently, in fact. And it looks like exposed is the shattered debris of a ship bits and pieces nothing super substantial and you know the ship that you're looking for was described as a squid ship which is like a fairly normal like spelljammer ship with open decks that is vaguely shaped like a, a huge squid but it looks like the debris that is embedded into the ice in this wall does not match that it looks strange like a, it's it's a dark color that looks oddly metallic but not any sort of metal that you've ever recognized and it's mangled and pitted and like there's weird kind of colors that shimmer in it it's weird um i'm gonna make it just can i make like an investigation check just kind of like sure check it out feel you know lick if yeah. i have to <laughs> yeah go ahead go ahead and as, uh make an investigation check as any good scientist would uh 15 yeah, you go up in and you investigate, and the first thing that you think of that it kind of reminds you a little bit like the metal of your cube, but it's different. It's similar, maybe, but it, it definitely is not the same exactly. Like the material seems to be completely different, but it does have that kind of like weird, otherworldly, like kind of feel to it. And as you're investigating, you find another section that has crumbled away. And this has a larger portion of the debris in here. And it, you're not sure what the shape of the ship was, but what you're finding here looks like it was a piece of like a large ball or disc or like funnel type shape. And this piece is huge, mostly embedded in the ice, but you can see that every few feet, there's like a large 10 foot divot in it. <laughs> And uh, you can see that there's a couple of those, like they were spread out over an, a regular pattern, but you only see a couple from this portion that is here. Another thing catches your eye when you approach this is embedded in the ice near the ground where you're at is a huge skull. What are we talking about? Huge. Eight feet okay. in diameter. Huge. Holy fuck. Do any of you know what the fuck this is? Go ahead and make an arcana check anyone who'd like to. That's a dirty, non-natural 20. Non-natural 21. Damn. 14. Man, okay. I thought I rolled pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Ravnus, you're not sure, but Marco and Luckbeak, you are pretty sure. And Marco, it's because you saw one of these not that long ago. Probably about a month ago, in fact. The head is large, and you can see its jaw is kind of hanging slightly, but it has jagged teeth shooting everywhere and it has one gigantic eye socket and around the top of its head there are holes and it looks like there's 10 of them marco and luckbeak you're pretty sure this is the skull of a beholder ah um, marco backs away very quickly once he realizes what it is yeah i i think luckbeak does the same thing too uh, Ravenous doesn't know what it is, so she's just kind of, like, regarding it curiously. Now, now, now wait a second, uh, that's, that's a, that's a Beholder Skull, right? Yeah, 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 that's a Beholder Skull. Alright, so, hold on, now, there's a reasonable, uh, he lived here on this asteroid and had a good life and died an old age, uh, surrounded by his friends and family, right? 
When you say that, you kind of look over and you see a portion of a different beholder skull embedded in the ice on the okay, other side of you. Okay, there's the family. It's fine. This is definitely. Uh, and Marco, you see a third. Uh, isn't uh, this is this is weird? Beholders are usually solitary creatures, aren't they? Luckbeak, you would know, having lived in spacefaring societies, that beholders are rare, but they do travel in huge ships full of beholders. I see. Uh, with the information that you have, you're pretty sure that the remnants of the shattered ship in the ice here was a beholder ship. Yeah. And it looks like everyone died. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Uh, this was a, this was a beholder ship. So our hazing is to kill one of the beholders. I, I, uh, well, I don't think I'm ready to fight a beholder personally. I mean... Those things are not exactly the the most friendly to magicians. We don't have to fight anything because they're all dead. Oh, that's the, that's fair. But, but now the other thing that seems obvious to you guys is that you don't think that this stuff would have been exposed when the scout came. It looks like it was pretty freshly revealed by the melting of this comet-like asteroid. So could this have been done in the past day or so? This much melting? It, yeah. Okay, all right. So it's not, like, suspicious or weird. Okay, cool. No. Okay, well, all right. So surprise party is pr- probably off the cards, I'd imagine. I would yeah, I, I would rather not be surprised by a beholder. You do notice that, continuing forward, it looks like the passage that you're walking in does open up into a larger chamber, and you can make out what looks like a portion of a different ship that way. Marco is going to tentatively walk forward, a little bit brought back to Earth by beholders. Marco, um, I mean, you you know a little bit about piloting these ships now. I mean, uh, when when somebody sees an asteroid field like this, they slow the hell down, right? I mean, how could beholders have crashed here? You would think. I mean... I mean, they're they're all eyes. They, they saw it coming, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not wrong. That's There's something about this that doesn't make sense. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but I don't understand why beholders are together, why they're in a ship, also what they're doing here, or how they crash. Now, Marco, I know you're groundling. Not all beholders are bad. Just just FYI, this could have been a family or, or, or an enclave or, or something like that. Um, Most beholders are bad. Yeah, but we saw a nice one in the intro, Nick. Yeah, you're pretty sure that was a very far outlier. You know, that's 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 fair, Luckbeak, that's fair. Um, I'm just going, I'm being cautious, you know? No, I mean, it's better to be cautious, you're right. But, uh, uh... Yeah, I I don't know. I guess the only way we can find out is if we go further. So, uh, well, here we go, right? Uh, I, I, I guess. Hey guys, welcome to the chapter one finale of Tales of the Voidfarer. And first off, I just wanted to extend a special thanks to everyone who has been listening so far, coming back episode after episode. We are appreciating everyone's feedback and are just thrilled that everybody seems to be digging our silly space hijinks as much as we have so far. So again, thank you. Once again, a big shout out to Rachel Guzak, 8BitRibbit on Twitter and Tumblr for doing our kick-ass character art for Marco, Luckbeak, and Ravnus. 
And a shout out to our producer, Tom Goldthwaite, for composing our awesome original theme song and the additional music you've been hearing these past few episodes. And be sure to give us a follow on our social media at Voidfarer Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Next episode and the start of chapter two will be in two weeks on Tuesday, November 12th. So without further ado, let's put this chapter to bed and see what awaits our heroes in this frozen asteroid. I'm sure it's nothing, right? It's nothing. It's it's probably nothing. Uh, I'm pulling out my crossbow. What order are you guys going in for no particular reason? <laughs> no particular uh, reason. Probably Marco Luckbeak Ravnus. That's how it is in my head. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I was interpreting it as. <laughs> right. Which is probably like not actually good order. Yeah, it's to like go probably in. the opposite of what it <laughs> should yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <but> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Marco is the driving force of curiosity. Uh, okay. You get to the point where this passage opens up and you, in fact, see most of a squid ship lodged at an odd angle in this massive cavern. And it looks fairly intact, too. You can see the open deck and it looks like there's a catapult on like the main forecastle and several ballistas on the back. And it is faced slightly in your direction. And you can see that it has a large battering ram off the front of the ship that are shaped in a cluster of like rigid tentacles that shoot out across this chamber and embeds itself in the wall right near the opening of the passage that you're exiting from. And the back half of the ship kind of splays out into like a fin, like the head of a squid. And that's embedded on the other side of this massive chamber. And then the other feature you immediately notice is that there is a chasm that spans this chamber. The tentacles of the battering ram of the ship are spanning this chasm and the body of the ship for the most part is on the other side. Getting, getting some more answers, I see. Getting some more answers. Uh, And this does look like the ship that matches the description that the scout was talking about. Okay, so I think that we found what we're looking for, at least what to, uh, that we need to scavenge. Uh, let, let's just get this done as quick as possible. We can be in and out. Okay, okay. R- Ravenous, are you not, like, scared right now? Well, I think we're going to have to fight something, but isn't that the point? Come on now. <laughs> Why wouldn't they send in the guy with the spider mech if they wanted to fight something? Because they want us to prove our work. <laughs> All right. Well, um, if that's the case, then let's do it. <laughs> Marco gives like a very nervous laugh. He can kind of look simultaneously petrified and excited. The main body of the ship is on the other side of the chasm. To get to it, you'll have to use the tentacle-like battering ram of the ship like a bridge and kind of clamber across. I'm already into it. It doesn't look too difficult. The tentacles are just made out of reinforced wood. So there's plenty of handholds, but I do need you to make either an acrobatics check or an athletics check to cross. Well, fuck. Yeah. All right. I'll go with acrobatics because that's the one thing that might not instantly fail me. 11. Yeah, you, you start crossing and about halfway across, you look down and the chasm looks like it goes all the way through the asteroid and you just see the blackness of space and this tiny black sliver that's probably a couple hundred feet below you. And you lose your balance slightly when you look down, but you manage to regain it <sighs> and continue all the way across to clamber over the gang rail onto the deck of the squid ship. 
I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. It's uh, I'm okay. Uh. <laughs> Luck me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh take some rope from my adventuring pack and like try to find something on this side to tie it onto so I don't fall down the goddamn infinite pit. You can. One of the tentacle battering rims, one of the side ones, isn't as big around, sure. so you could loop it over that if you wanted. Okay, yep, I do that, and then I start to very cautiously cross. Let me roll acrobatics. Sure. Ooh, 10. Just barely enough. Okay. The trick here, though, is, is you only have 50 feet of rope. Mm-hmm. And the rope is, after you tied it off, 10 feet too short to get you all the way across. Okay. <laughs> so you either need to untie yourself or cut yourself and do the last 10 feet free. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't really have a choice but to untie myself. So that's what I'll do. Okay. You untie yourself, and the act of doing that almost causes you to lose your balance, mm -hmm. but you do manage to regain it just in time and can quickly scamper your way the last 10 feet okay. to meet Marco across the gang rail. You can use that if you want, Ravnus. Ravnus is going to do that. She thinks it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> so she's going to uh, tie herself up and walk across as well. And, oh, fuck me. That <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a nine. Okay. I don't think Ravnus was fully paying attention to exactly what Luckbeak did. So you tie yourself off and you start quickly moving across and then you get to the end of the rope and it yanks you backwards <laughs> off. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and you plummet about 30 feet down before the rope catches you and you swing back against the far side of the chasm. Oh, Ravnus. Ravnus, are you okay? And you do take four points of bludgeoning as you ah. slam into the wall of the chasm. You all right down there? I'm alive. She's going to start trying to climb the rope back up. You can do it. Mm. Between the rope and the rocky face of the chasm, it's pretty trivial to get yourself back up. So you just do it and just go ahead and make another roll to cross. Hey, uh, I'm, can I take a help action here? Yeah. yeah, I'm tying my uh, my fine fine clothes together sleeve by sleeve to create an extra 10 <laughs> feet of rope uh, to kind of throw to her once she hits the limit. So go ahead and roll with advantage, Ravnus. Nice. Okay. Uh, double 15s for an unnatural 20. Nice. You go across again, and this time knowing when the rope is going to stop on you, you stop and begin untying yourself, and that's when Luckbeak tosses you a makeshift rope made out of the tied together clothes, <laughs> you know, sleeve to sleeve of these fancy clothes. Be, be careful. That's that's silk. That's be careful, please. And you catch it and he can pull you the way. But you do hear a slight as the tension pulls against the seams. Yeah, she she is not careful. Close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see that the armpit is completely blown out on one of your oh, fancy grab. jackets. Oh, cool. All right. Um, I don't suppose. You know what? Never mind. No, that's. I'll. I'll just take this one on the chin. I mean, if you if you have ten gold, that's how much that costs. But don't worry about it right now. <laughs> um, but maybe we can we can replace it later, or you know, get it fixed. Sure. Up. That we can do that. If we kill someone with a fancy jacket, you can have it. You know. Oh, that too. Sure. All right. <laughs> So you guys find yourself on the top deck of the squid ship and you're in the forecastle and there is a large catapult 
And you can see that there is, from the circular front deck, a lower deck, and then stairs that descend all the way down to a main deck. Uh, I'm looking around at this deck. Is there anything of value that we can take or you don't immediately see anything there does look like there is a locker of some sort built into the deck right behind where this catapult is but there doesn't look like there's anything of value up here okay uh i'm going to uh no there's no way i'm going to open that uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna wait for them to take the lead <laughs> all right well marco's going first man yeah ravenous will go behind uh -huh. marco cool now, Marco, you do notice that this ship does seem to have the, like, inlaid grooves that you've noticed. And the tradesmen back on Toril and the Voidfarer both have these crystalline grooves that are ingrained across most of the surfaces of the ship. Uh, Marco's going to start doing some investigating. Sure, make an investigation check. Kind of follow the same patterns as he did in the other ship. Hopefully not teleporting himself. Uh, chair first <laughs> to God knows where else. God damn it, I did it again. <laughs> Marco. Uh, <laughs> 17. Yeah, it does look like it is the same kind of grooves. And you're pretty sure at this point that the substance inlaid into these grooves is phlogisterite. It is cinder shard. Oh, oh it's uh, it's cinder shard. It's the, it's the stuff that we we tried to con that uh, Hadozi dude. The, the real deal? Uh, it looks like it. Yeah, the, the real deal. It does look like it is refined somehow because it has been reformed into these thin strands that are inlaid into the grooves of this ship. I think I think it's I think it's real, but uh, how the hell do we get it out of here? Uh, I I take my dagger and start trying to like not chip away at it, but like pull away parts of it. Sure, go ahead and make a eh, we'll say sleight of hand. Sixteen. Yeah, you get it in there and you begin prying and you do pop a good chunk out, but the crystal breaks probably about eight to ten inches down and it makes a loud crack that reverberates off of the chamber around. This stuff just comes right off, guys. <laughs> Look, I'm trying for another um, piece. I barely even notice. I'm wait, sure whatever is uh, Luck beak, wait. Uh, what was that? You hear a voice reverberate around the chamber. Uh. Uh. Ravnus pulls out her sword. <laughs> Could it be interlopers? No, no, it wouldn't be interlopers. There's not been anybody here in hundreds of years. Um, then who could it be then? Is there like steps? Does something sound like it's coming towards us? Uh, no, you don't hear any sound coming from the ship itself. Okay. Uh, and this voice is deep and booming and it's almost filling this chamber as it kind of bounces around. Uh, and it is a singular voice, but it seems like it's having a conversation with itself. Uh, I kind of look around to the others and I'm like, uh, what if we did, should I, I, I kind of whisper to Luckbeak, should I talk to it? Shut up. Just pull off more of the stuff, Marco. I mean, we can get out of here. How much do they need? I can hear you whispering. And at that point, you look up, still on the main deck of the ship, and you see a floating eight-foot mass ascend from the chasm that you just crossed, blocking your way from the exit, a beholder. Oh, fuck. It looks like it's seen some better days. Its large central eye is blind, 
clouded over and you actually see a piece of what looks like ship shrapnel sticking out of one side of it. There's been like yellow crusting that has formed around that wound. The other thing that strikes you is it looks like it is wearing a human-sized pirate captain's hat. (laughs) between uh, its eye stalks. However, there looks like there's a handful of the eye stalks that are missing, and some are kind of bent at strange, odd angles. While its big central eye looks blind, its remaining eye stalks all turn and look at you as it bears down at you, and its mouth stretches into a wide grin. It is interlopers! I suppose you came on a ship! That could be my ticket off of this infernal rock! And I need everyone to roll for initiative. Uh, okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> 17. One. Oh, no. Best time. <laughs> Ravnus, what'd you get? Six. Okay. All right, Luckbeak's got to one-hit this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my strong suit. <laughs> Okay. All right, so you guys are standing on the deck of the ship, and you see this beholder has emerged to glare down at you from this chasm. Luckbeak, you get ready to spring into action, but suddenly, all around where you guys are standing, this like green ooze oozes out of the cracks of the decks of the ship, and the 25-foot area around you guys becomes rough terrain. Mm, mm, bad touch, bad touch. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Luckbeak, it is your turn. Um, okay. I'm going to... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'll look for the cannons below deck. Uh, and I'm going to cross down to the lower deck. And uh, while they're fighting up here, I'm going to look for more phlogisterite on the walls and just start popping it off like crazy. <laughs> you can find phlogisterite basically wherever you go. It's like inlaid into the infrastructure of the ship. Sure. Perfect. So I'll do it down below. Running downstairs and... Uh, Halfway looking so, for weapons, but popping off just right. So in just one move, you basically just barely get to the stairs Got it. to go down to the other main deck, and then you would have to go down another set of stairs to go below deck. Uh, okay. Do and I? And you are moving to do this. You are moving further away from the exit. Right. Well, we can't exit unless they kill him. I'm going to be no help. Well, I might be helpful, but I'd rather <laughs> collect items. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just wait till he's dead. Got it. Okay, so you at least start going that way. You could bonus action to dash to go further if you want. Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot I can do that for free. I'll do that. Yes. Yep, bonus action, and that does get you below deck. Perfect. And then you use your action to pop off some more flutistry. Yes, please. Okay, uh, it is his turn. He is going to aim two of his eye stocks at Marco and Ravnus. The first one, I need... Uh, Ravnus to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, nice. Uh, 16. Okay, uh, that does succeed. This yellow-green ray shoots out at you. It hits you, and you take nine necrotic damage. Ouch. Okay. And then, Marco, you need to make a constitution save as well. Okay. That will be a 17. Yeah, this ray, it's like a gray colored ray. It hits you and you start to feel like your muscles begin to tense up, but you uh, fight through it. Shit. So, Ravnus, it is your turn. Um. So, how far away is Ravnus from this creature? Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 feet away. 
Okay, and part of that is rough terrain? It is rough terrain to the edge of the deck of the ship, but the beholder is floating about 15 feet away from there. You could go back out onto the battering ram, the tentacles that you used across, and be adjacent to him, and out on there would not be rough terrain. Okay, what Ravenous is trying to do is she is trying to get adjacent. Um, okay. So is that something that she can do in one round and attack, or do you have to, like, just move in one round, or... Let me see. So you can do 10, 20... Yeah, you would be still 10 feet away. Okay, well then, yeah, she's going to just get over there in one move then and not attack this round. Okay, so I do need you, though, to make either an athletics check or an acrobatics check to balance your way back out. Okay. Uh, 16. You do it. And you are now adjacent to this gross, beat-up beholder. And as he sees you approach, he goes, You dare approach Captain Coffin! But that's all he does for now. Marco, it's your turn. So Marco at first is like, wait, can't we make it? Oh, okay, we are fighting. All right. Um, so uh, how far away is he from me? Uh, he is uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 feet away from you. 25 feet. That's within enough range for me to hit him. Uh, how far away is Ravnus? Uh, Ravnus is also 25 feet away from you, adjacent to him. Um, I am going to... Conjure a bubble of acid in my hand and use the cantrip acid splash. Okay. Is that a save? Must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 1d6 acid damage. That was a 19. That is a save. Okay. Uh, At the end of his turn, he's going to use a legendary action to use one of his eye rays at random. And it's going to hit you, Marco. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. All right. That one is a 16. You feel this wave of fear wash over you, but again, you are able to steel yourself against its effects. Yeah, now Marco's plenty scared, regardless of what this magic shit's going on. The holders are not fun. Right. All right. Uh, Luckbeak, you are now down below decks of this squid ship. Yes. You're right at the bottom of the stairs. You find yourself in a cruise quarters. There's a large cargo door in the middle. And there are two doors off of this room and stairs that ascend the other side and stairs that descend as well. Are any of the cruise quarters labeled with names? No, this looks like it's a large communal room. There's hammocks strung up around places. Okay. There is more of this cinder shard conduit in here as well. Right. Um... Yeah, I feel like I can only do that for so long and get away with it. Um, so I'm going to, uh, gosh, uh, any any documentation, a uh, manifest of maybe the members of the crew. You could maybe try to find, like, the captain's quarters. Yep, please. Okay, uh, there are two doors, one towards the aft and one towards the fore of the ship. Four. Uh, oh, no, I ship. guess uh, aft makes more sense for the captain. Okay. Yeah. You go through the door to the aft. You open it, and you see that there is a large throne-like chair mm-hmm. in the middle uh, towards the back, and then there to the corner of the room, a circular table that is charts and stuff spread out all across it. Um, this looks like it's the helm room and charting room. Uh, okay. Um, sure. And no indication of anyone's name or anything like that? No. 
Okay. Uh, it looks like the notes are not in common. Uh, they're actually in a script that you don't recognize. Uh, okay. Um, boy. Okay. So if they don't even share a language with us, this is going to be a fruitless endeavor anyway. Um, then I will uh, head to the door in the four, I guess. Okay. Uh, you'll have to use your bonus action to move to That's get fine. there. Yeah. Uh, and you do, and you open that, and you find a galley slash mess area of the ship. There's tables and chairs in here. It looks like there's a couple unfinished plates that are kind of strewn about with empty tankards and stuff all around here. This looks like a leisure and eating area. Sure. Totally fruitless. And there's another door uh, on the other side of that room. Okay. Which you could get to with the rest of your move, but you won't be able to go through it. I'm not going to find what I wanted to find down here, so there's really no reason to do that um mm-hmm. okay uh i guess i will just um yeah i'll peel more i'll peel more sander shard okay yeah you you do it it's it's pretty trivial okay um okay it is the beholder's turn now ravnus you are right next to him so he's gonna target you with one of his eye rays you need to make a dexterity saving throw okay 14 oh you just barely hit the dc nice <laughs> This beam hits you and you almost seem for like a moment, everything speeds up around you and you realize you're being slowed, but then you're able to quickly jerk yourself out of the effect. All right. And he's going to shoot a beam at Marco and Marco, uh, this beam hits you and you almost feel like your your stomach kind of drops slightly and it feels like you're getting lighter and I need to make a, a strength saving throw. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, that's a that's a two. Yeah, you feel yourself being telekinetically lifted, and he lifts you off of the ground, and you are restrained in its grip. Oh. But more troubling, he is going to levitate you out over the chasm. All right, that's good. That's that. That's good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's his turn, Ravnus. It's your turn. Okay, so he's got my friends uh, suspended above a big chasm, so I probably don't actually want to kill him. So, shit. Is this like a concentration spell that he has? You don't know. Okay. (laughs) It does look very similar to your mage hand ability that Githyanki have, but you're, you're not sure if he needs to concentrate it on it the same way you do. Okay. Um... Can I delay until after Marco? You can hold an action. All right. She is going to hold attacking him then for Marco to get to a safe place. Okay. So then, Marco, it is your turn. You are restrained. Uh, Your speed is zero. Okay. Attacks against you have advantage, and uh, your attack rules have disadvantage. Uh, Let me ask, is this hold dependent upon him seeing me? You're not sure. Hmm. Do I want to try to hit the motherfucker or do I want to try to get out of this? That's a good question, Tanner. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to cast invisibility. Okay. You just vanish. You don't move. You're still hovering in the air. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but you are now invisible. Ravnus, you see Marco just vanish. Um. You can make an arcana check. <laughs> all right. She's going to make an arcana check. Uh, that is going to be a 10. A 10? You're not sure. He may have teleported away. He may have just gone invisible. You're not sure. Um, it's up to you whether or not you want to decide this triggers your held action. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play a dice game with myself too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Gil says that uh, she's going to attack. Do it. So if something happens. Blame Gil Ramirez. Uh, <laughs> all right. So she's going to swing her sword, and that is going to be a 14 to hit. 14. So you swing your sword, and you get really close to getting this like fleshy part, but it rotates its body just at the last minute, and your blade bounces off like a chitinous part of its like armored hide, um, and you just barely miss. Darn. Okay. So, Luckbeak. Yeah. Uh, I can hear the sounds of struggle outside. Uh, is there Are there portholes in this mess hall? There Windows are to the not. outside? No? There are not. <laughs> not in this room. Okay. Can I get to, have I seen portholes in a room? You haven't in any of the rooms below deck you've been in, but you do recall seeing large round eye portholes towards the front of the ship. From the outside, sure. you've noticed them. They, they look like big squid eyes. Okay. Well, I will move ahead. Okay, you get into the next room, and this does look like it's the captain's quarters. Okay. In fact, there are large five-foot diameter glass bulging portholes off each side of the ship. Um, okay, so in in lieu of, of finding a manifest or anything, I'm just going to have to take a shot in the dark here. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. open up a porthole, um, mm-hmm. and uh, using my Master of Intrigue skill... Um, I'm going to put on my best generic beholder accent, and I'm going to say, um, is that, is that the captain? Help, captain, I've been trapped down here for so long. Okay. Help me, captain. (laughs) Nice. Uh, go ahead and make a deception check. Okie doke. Uh, that is a 24. 24. Natural, weirdly. No, I'm, I'm joking, sorry. Weird. <laughs> what die are you rolling? I thought we were doing D100s this whole game. Uh, yeah, his remaining eye stalks that kind of go wide. Ravnus, you hear this yourself, and he turns to look towards the ship, and he goes, what? There's, there's another? And in his excitement, uh, he drops Marco. But we don't we don't see Marco get dropped. We just hear an unfortunate <laughs> scream down the chasm. Yeah. So Marco, yeah, you're going to quickly and invisibly whiz right by one of these large wooden tentacle fixtures of the ship. Dexterity saving throw to see if you can grab it. Ah, oh, sweet Jesus! This is basically just a d20. Uh, here we go. That's a thirteen. Thirteen. You manage to twist your body enough that you hit this structure, but you can't get a grip. Shit. So you guys hear this scream and then a thud and then like a faint muffled like scrambling sounds that just suddenly stop. And Marco, (laughs) you whoosh past the surrounding chasm and then you feel that weird pit in your stomach. Oh. And begin falling the other direction again uh. as you have passed the gravity plane of this asteroid and are now bobbing back and forth about 60 feet below the battle. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it is the beholder's turn. Uh, you're, so you're still invisible. Okay. So the beholder is going to fly in the direction of the sound. Do I get an attack of opportunity? You do. Does a 23 hit? It sure does. All right. He takes seven damage. Okay. So 
Luckbeak, you're still standing there in the window. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't say I wasn't, but if I saw <laughs> my my purpose was to get the beholder to come here, so I didn't want to stay there for a long time. <laughs> okay, well, I, you would have had movement. Okay, you actually could even make a bonus action to hide if you'd like. Uh, well, I'm gonna get back into the mess hall if I can, so there's no way he can see me. Yes, Perfect. you should have enough movement to do that. Great. So he's going to fly in that direction, and he kind of sticks his head into the like porthole, and he goes, "Brother, brother." Are you there? Help me. Uh, <laughs> uh, he can't fit through this porthole. So he's just kind of like stupidly trying to like shout through it. And that'll be his turn. He's not going to do anything else. Ravnus, it's your turn. You are out on the battering ram and the beholder is now floated away. Okay. How far did he float away? He floated about 20 feet away. He is down looking into this large porthole. Now he is over solid ground next to the ship. Okay. From where you are, you could try to leap from the battering ram down to the other side of this chasm, duck under one of the other tentacles, and you'll be right next to him. Yeah, she's going to do that because at this juncture, she thinks that Marco is dead. So, she, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's going to do that. Okay, go ahead and make an acrobatics check. Natural 20. Damn. 25. Like a pro acrobat. So, you jump, and it is like a decent drop from where you're at to the ground below, and you immediately tuck into a roll that takes you under this other side tentacle of the ship, and you end up rolling into a combat stance right next to this beholder, Um, and you have an action. Well, she's going to use distracting strike uh, with her okay. uh, commander's, or combat superiority, rather. Yep. So that is going to be, uh, that's not nearly as good of a roll. That's a nine. Nine, nine misses. Yeah. Got to balance out that natural 20. Um, all right. So then Marco, uh, you're going for a ride right now. We. So you're kind of bobbing back and forth. So what are you doing? Um, is there any way I can get out of this bullshit? Uh, you could try to orient yourself to the side because you're only about 10 feet away from the side of the chasm. So if you could like roll your body that way, you can grab a handhold and try to climb your way back out. All right. And you also said I'm bouncing between like how many feet from this guy? You can't see him anymore. He has moved oh, okay. out from over this chasm. So, yeah, I'm just going to try to get to the side wall now. Okay. Um, go ahead and make an acrobatics check. Ah, tits. Nat 20. <laughs> Nat 20, you do it. Woo. So, yeah, as you're kind of diving, you grab one leg to adjust the airflow around you and almost like a skydiver, you know, adjust your body to move yourself through the air. So as you're bobbing up and down, you're slowly working your way closer and closer to the side and you do manage to get a handhold. We'll say that at the point that you grab the side, um, you are 25 feet down. Um, If that's the case, I'm going to... Climb up then, and then call it a day. Okay. Um, you do need to make an athletics check now to climb. Ah, fucking hell. Uh, that's a 12? Uh, you do make some progress, but you don't get all the way to the top, and okay. that's going to use the last of your stuff <sighs> My rope for the should round. still be hanging there, right? It's hanging on the other Got side. It. I'm going to go ahead and drop invisibility, which was just a bad plan. <laughs> okay. Uh, Luckbeak, it's your turn. You are now in the mess sure. of the ship. Um, speaking is a free action, correct? Yes. So I'm going to do one more. Uh, I can't move. Come in here and help me. 
Uh, and then I am taking double move and dash to GTFO. Okay. So that'll be a total of 75 feet? Uh, yes. So I'm trying to get on top of the deck and then cross the uh, the squid kids again. I don't know how much of that I can do at 75 feet. You can get back to the catapult that's on top of the deck. You won't be able to get across the tentacles. Okay. Uh, if I get to the top, uh, can I see um, Ravnus from where I am? No. Okay. Ravnus is off the side of You can't see anyone. <laughs> I, I, I get up there ready to be we like, all died. I did it, guys. Let's go. And then I realize that mm-hmm. everyone is gone, and I just like uh-huh. start rubbing the so, bridge of my nose. <laughs> as you're running up here, uh, the locker that was in the floor of this deck, uh, you actually trip over it slightly. Uh-huh. And uh, you look, and it actually is full of uh, ammunition for the catapult. Um, is that on the top deck? Yep. What's the ammunition? Cannonballs, I assume? They're like large stones that are probably like, you know, bowling ball. Guys. Um, A little bit larger than cannonballs. Yeah. It's, it's aimable, correct? Yeah. This catapult is on a rotating base. Uh, okay. I have my next turn ready then. Cool. It is the beholder's turn. All right, Ravnus, you need to make me a dexterity saving throw. Okie dokie. 15. Yeah, you managed to dodge just out of the way, and it does feel like that same slowing effect that he tried to hit you with earlier. Now, with his other IRA, uh, he's going to turn it to the ship, and this blast of blue energy flies out, and you actually see him start carving huge swaths of the ship away where it's just disintegrating. And he seems to be trying to carve a larger opening. And this beam is going straight through the ship. The ship begins to, like, start collapsing. (laughs) And Luckbeak, you're up on the deck, and you see this blue beam of light basically just shoot straight out of the top deck. Like, Cyclops, I-beam, straight through the ship. And he seems to be using that to try and cut his way into the ship. But in the process, the ship looks like it's not going to take very many of those. Gotcha. Ravnus, it's your turn. So he did or did not fly away. He did not fly away. He's trying to cut okay. his way into the ship. He did oh, He did right. start doing a good job of that, but it's not a big enough hole for him to get through yet. She is going to try distracting strike again okay. and uh, try to hit him. That is going to be a 17. That will hit. Okay. He is going to take... Math is hard. 13. Okay. And what does distracting strike do? Uh, distracting strike means that my allies will have advantage in the next round. And I also got an extra D8 to my damage. Okay. Marco, it's your turn. All right, then. You are still about 10 feet down from the top of the chasm. I'm going to try to climb the rest of the way. Another athletic strip. Okay, that's a 15. Okay, yeah, you get you get up to the top. And you pull yourself over the edge in time to see Ravnus just kind of strike into the backside of this beholder while it is sending a disintegrating ray through the body of the ship. Boy, uh, all right. Um, so I can see it. It's, it's well within uh, striking range, right? Yeah, you're only 10 feet away from it. All right, boy. Uh, it's time to stop fucking around. Um, so extend my hand and cast Flaming Spear right where it's standing or okay. floating. He needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, that was a two. Eat ass. Here comes 2d6 fire damage. <laughs> That's a six. That's a three. So nine damage. 
So yeah, this ball of fire just materializes next to this beholder and just starts charring away at its flesh. Turns and angrily looks in your direction. I didn't die, bitch. <laughs> so now it is Luckbeak's turn. Can I get any indication on how far this thing can shoot? Does it look powerful? It looks like it's super powerful. However, the current issue is, is the beholder is right off the edge of the boat. Um off of the port side. Yeah. So it doesn't look like right in its current configuration, the catapult will be able to hit it. That's fine. I think I think you you fully misinterpret what I'm going to do. I'm a little boy, Nick. Uh, so I'm going to uh, turn the um, turn the thing towards the entrance of the cave and scoot my way inside okay. of the catapult and hit that lever. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm flying through the air, I'm going to say, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone's gonna stop for a second the battle and just be like did we just watch a penguin fly yeah really okay alright so so normally it would take several actions to launch this thing I think Luckbeak in his panic just kind of like in a flash jumps into the launching mechanism and like hits the launching lever in like one fluid motion okay. In his panic, it's like he sees the Matrix, and he's <laughs> running up, and he jumps in it, and he hits it. And I just want you to make an acrobatics sure. check for me. Just tell me how many d6s of damage I need to take here. Uh, my acrobatics check. We'll get wow, to that. 17 is not bad. 17. Yeah, you managed to aim and launch yourself basically directly where you wanted to. However, you did underestimate the power of this thing, and it does send you directly into the cavern <laughs> sure. wall. Ooh. And you are going to take nine bludgeoning damage. I'll take it. Half dead is better than all dead. <laughs> Luckbeak, what did you say when you launched yourself? I said, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and you just boom. <laughs> and Marco and Ravnus, you just see Luckbeak just yeet himself across this yeah. chasm, slamming into the wall right by the cavern that you entered in. The absolute fuck is what Marco says. <laughs> <laughs> Ravnus is, is unsure how this is going to help kill the beholder, but she's... <laughs> you guys are still thinking about God killing speed, it? Godspeed, Luckbeak. <laughs> the beholder didn't seem to notice. <laughs> really? <laughs> the beholder is actually still thoroughly convinced that there's another beholder, mm -hmm. one of his former crew, that is inside of this, and he's going to continue to try and disintegrate the ship trying to get into it. So he's just blasting the ship, and you now see parts of it begin to break, and the back half of the ship slumps downward as it looks like his rays have almost completely bifurcated the ship, and he does make a hole big enough for him to enter, and he goes into it. So Ravnus, you can make a attack of opportunity if you'd like. She would like. Um, that is an eighteen. That will hit. Okay. Five damage. You put a good gash in his backside as he goes in, and as he's flying in through this hole that he's now made for himself, he goes, "I'm coming for you, brother! I will not let you go down with the ship!" And he flies into the dark hold of the ship. So now it is Ravnus's turn. How like bad off did he look? No, you did an okay amount, but it looks like he still had a lot of fight left in him. Okay. Um. Well, Luckbeat has decided <laughs> for us, I think. <laughs> so uh, Ravnus starts going in the direction of Luckbeat. 
if the beholder is, you know, just kind of fucking off. Yeah, it looks like the beholder is thoroughly distracted. So you and Marco are right next to these big battering ram tentacles, so you could just run across if you'd like. Yeah, that's what she's going to do. Okay. Yeah, you run and get all the way across. You're about 10 feet behind where Luckbeak landed. Okay. And that's with both of your moves, a move and a dash, if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Marco, it's your turn. So I hate to be that guy, but how close am I to the room with the shitload of Shenders? There was Cinder Shard all throughout the ship. Try to say that three times fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, a shitload of Shinja Shard. Because <laughs> I don't think he wants to come back to Val empty-handed. So with the Beholder distracted, he's going to try to just grab some very quickly before bolting. Well, the problem is, is you are now outside of the ship. That's what I thought. Is it well within, like, let's say a convenient enough range for me to run in, grab some shit, and run back out before this thing comes? But It looks like a, a majority of the conduit that you saw was inside the ship, and you don't see any immediately in arm's length uh, where you're at. Yeah, so uh, Marco is just going to, like, curse, fling the flaming sphere into the hole that he cut through and just run across the thing. Okay. As you send the flaming sphere in after the beholder, you see that it does, in fact, ignite the wood of the ship around the hole as it enters. Uh, uh Uh, (laughs) Uh-oh. And you were going to run across the beam? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to run back. Acrobatics check. As I think he kind of watches it go up a little bit more than he thought it would. And was just like, oh, 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 um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely leaving now. And just bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese it. That's a 13. 13, yeah, you get across. So you guys are now across the chasm. And you turn behind and you see a couple more disintegration rays shoot out of the ship's body in different directions. And the faint orange glow of the fire beginning to spread. And as you guys start to make your way down the chamber out of this cavern you see the ship break in half as it engulfs into flames and slides sideways and the pieces fall into the chasm and you hear the very faint shouts of the beholder from inside the ship wait there's no other beholder here (laughs) and the ship crumples up and gets lodged down in the chasm around where the gravity plane is as it begins to burn up more. And I imagine you guys don't waste any time getting the fuck out. Uh, Yeah. When they're out, Ravnus just kind of looks at the others and she's like, I don't think we passed the hazing. (laughs) You don't think so, huh? And I pull out three huge chunks of phlogisterite. (laughs) Excellent. Mm, Luckbeak, save us from the beholder. Luckbeak, complete the mission. Wow, wow. As you exit, you see Val is standing there next to the Blackfin, and she goes, how did it? Oh, uh, and just seeing the disheveled looks and you guys' expression and you're a little bit beat up. And she goes, oh, the there was something in there. She's not a little. <laughs> I'm also half dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are like super rough. And she goes, oh, um, I take it we should leave then. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably a good idea. Well, it's All right, get on. Currently on fire. Still burning. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I, I pocketed the phlogistrite uh, for the moment. Okay. Val will get on the ship and she'll tell Brohane to quickly make an egress. And it looks like Val is going to have some questions, but we could pick that up next time. Yay. Woo-hoo. Yay. There was a beholder. We're all going to like jump up with our fists in the air and freeze frame. <laughs> we did get it. Get back on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did not do it. <laughs> 
you eventually get back to the Voidfarer. And Ravnus, as you kind of lay there in the hammock that you were given in the corner of this communal crew quarters, you're laying there, the slight swing of the hammock, and kind of thinking about the situation that you found yourself in. How the last thing you were expected to be fighting was a beholder of all things. But it's weird. Why didn't anybody make a big deal about the man that you met on that ship? The old man. The gith. You can see it as plain as day, but as you think about it, as you slowly begin to drift to sleep, you're wondering, wait, was there a man? No, there mustn't have been. And you drift off to sleep. projectderailed.com